This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! everyone and welcome to episode 11 of what did you watch this week and yes we're a little late this week but that's okay that's right my name Things is mike happen. and yes. my name is john yes and uh, we're here to talk to you about shows that we watched technically last week now because uh, it is thursday already so that's right we're gonna Bear talk about yeah so we're gonna talk about shows essentially uh that are from the calendar week of, oh, wrong way, I went on my calendar, uh, May 16th to the 22nd, or 15th to the 21st, something similar. You'll you'll be able to keep up with us, don't worry about it. Yeah, it'll be fine, you'll go, I remember that, it was less than a week, it was just over a week ago. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, I, I didn't watch S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I had to get caught up. So I just have a little note I want to make about the caught-up shield, and then we can go right into the two-part finale. If you okay. That. Yep. So, um, so I got caught up. Like I said, um, I liked uh, I liked last coming in, but it's Lash. I mean, coming in back in, um, but it was a tremendous waste to me to have him die just to save Daisy. When he yeah. Was, yeah. I mean, it's like he comes back. He clearly not only can he kill Hive. If you will, mm-hmm. right? But he can apparently suck the sway out of people. Yeah, yeah. Prevent them from being infected again. You'd think you'd want that around, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you know, in the end, it seems like they sent him in there to die. I think they kind of did, but you, you know, know, there's that whole thing that they've kind of kept under the, it, not really under the radar, but you know, they say that each inhuman has a purpose in this world. Yeah, and apparently Lash's purpose was to sacrifice himself to save Daisy. Seems like yeah. a waste. It, it does. It seems um, like a tremendous waste to me. Yeah, I was really looking forward to seeing him do a bit more damage and then maybe, you know, have a kind of, what do we do about this because yeah. we need him to destroy Hive, but he's also destroying other Inhumans type of thing. Right, and then Hellfire just kills him like that, or James, who play, who is Hellfire from the comic books, right. just just kills him like that with his heated chain through his chest I mean, that's it and, and I mean it was one of the most telegraphed moves I hate it when they telegraph stuff like that you know oh yeah they linger too long facing the camera and you're like oh someone's yeah. going to stab him in the back yes and you're just waiting for the uh, that, yeah exactly the other shoe to drop or the person to get shot or someone come out of nowhere but something bad to happen yep know? yep massively telegraphed ah <sighs> So, uh, going into the finale. Yes. Two-hour finale. One. Yeah, I'm going to go with part one. I, I actually broke it down in my notes with part one and two. Okay. So, I think it's really hilarious watching Talbot work with Fitz. <laughs> yes. And these last two episodes, Talbot went from a character who was, you know, the anti-Colson, the anti-Shield, a character that you wanted to hate, to being, like, hilarious and very likable somehow. I'm really glad, though, that somebody pointed out the mustache thing, though, because it's been yes. bothering me as well. <laughs> yes, yes, I thought it was hilarious. Um, I like Dr. Radcliffe, who says, 
Uh, did S.H.I.E.L.D. send you? Yes. Oh, good. Take me with you. Yeah, yeah. it was nothing like, you know, oh, well, I'm loyal to the end or anything like that. Yeah, He's like, oh, no, thank God. Like, oh, thank God. Yes, take me with you. I need to get out of here. <laughs> and um, and then my favorite is after they've hot, caught hot Hive, everyone's got the serious look on their face. The music is crescendoing. And then that Joss Whedon humor kicks in when, when Radcliffe is like, yes! <laughs> It was completely counteractive, if you will, to everything else that was going on in that scene. It certainly was. Um, and definitely that, you're right, that is a Whedon kind of humor thing, you know, breaking up the dramatic moment that most other shows would just let fade out yeah. with something stupid. And then, of course, we had to play the game of follow the gold uh, chain. Speaking of Whedon moves. Yeah, so blatantly obvious, too, because they couldn't put this camera in zooming in close enough <laughs> everyone had that in their hand yep. now I've had it. oh it's in my pocket now oh now I've got it you know you could almost hear the dun 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 yeah, as one exactly. of them would hold it yes yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely um and then I was a little annoyed in the first part because when the new uh, little uh I can't think of what they call them but the little droogies there the putties I called uh, them chuds <laughs> The ch- yeah, exactly. When the Chuds got transformed, they suddenly knew to go free Hive. Yeah, yeah. Really annoyed by that because it made no sense whatsoever. And then in part two, they explained that um, once they were infected, they all became a part of Hive and like basically he telepathically told them to. Yeah, but see that Slow would. Be but see that would imply, in my eyes, that the little gas bomb that they set off. Um, had part of Hive's cluster in it to infect them from the moment they returned. I, I assumed it did. It, I guess, but it, it still. It yeah, it still kind of bugged me, you know. Because remember, it wasn't just that they were going to uh, get Hive. Their first order of business was, "Hey, let's go grab every available human agent and drag them into this cloud so that they can make more, so that then we can go drag more human agents into the cloud." Right. Yeah, which again is another thing. How would they know to do that? Right. Like, was that their pre-programmed stuff? Yeah. Because they couldn't be controlled by Hive because he was in Amber. Right, exactly. Or the gel matrix, sorry. I just looked at it and said Jurassic Park. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But boy, they really did put S.H.I.E.L.D. up against some very, very insurmountable odds in in these two episodes. Yes. And that they were able to, I don't know if this is a word, but they were able to surmount them. (laughs) Uh, I don't know that that's a word either, but we'll go with it for right now. Yeah. And uh, we got to see Hive's face. I I didn't get the big deal with that. Like, It's because it's what it looked like in the comics. I know, but I mean, like, they kept it hidden a couple weeks ago, and it was so obvious even from behind that, okay, well, (laughs) they kept it like the comics, but still, I mean, it wasn't... I don't know. It's almost like when I was a kid and they make a big deal in G.I. Joe over Snake Eyes' face and what he looks like. And when people see his actual face, they, like, scream and kill themselves or, you know, like, it. it's supposed to be this horrific, horrific thing. And then, then when they finally, a hundred-something episodes in, do the big reveal of what his face looks like in the comic, and you're like, oh, he has two scars. <laughs> Like, it's not even, like, his eyes bulging out because most of his orbital area has been ripped apart or something. It's just like, oh, that's it, huh? Okay. Right. Yeah, it was... And that's kind of how I felt about the whole big 
high face reveal. <laughs> um, I, I liked one of the lines in there. I believe it was Talbot. Again, it's been a little while, but my notes had the line in there of uh, they were talking about how something was stupid, and he was like, yeah, it's like betting on WrestleMania stupid. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that on Particularly yeah. like that one. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> that is very true. Uh, <laughs> um, again, more weed with uh, more weed and humor with Coulson when he was a uh, hologram saying, I've always wanted to do this. Help me when Obi Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. <laughs> yes, yes. I actually said that as I was looking at it. I'm like, yep, it was Obi Wan. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that was pretty awesome. <laughs> the uh, Yeah, that's what they were calling them. They were calling them primitives. Primitives, you know, yes. Primitives. Go, but right. I was like, no, they're chuds. Let's just call him a chud. Yeah, um, you know they—they they, so they—they they finally, essentially, Lincoln sacrifices himself to for the good of the team. And that scene, though, where he and Ward as Hive are floating in that jet together when they're weightless and everything—it's very like it was a really good scene. It really was. I mean, it was so good because, like, you know, Hive is just like, well, I've been defeated. I don't, because, like, I don't need to kill this guy or attack him. It doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's a moot point at this point. Yeah, yeah. They were both very philosophical about the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm glad they didn't reach over and hold hands or anything. Right. <laughs> right. But, you know, he uh, was like, I just still- wanted to make the world a better place. Yeah. You know, that was, that was what he thought he was doing. It really reminded me of something you would have seen in, like, uh, Firefly. Yeah, absolutely. And then even Lincoln just said, like, yeah, I know. Yeah, you can't help you know? it. They're, ju- they're only human. Exactly, that's right. He said, yeah, you're, they're only human. But it was just such a great scene. He's just like, I'm about to... And even Ward or Hive, you know, was just like, I'm about to experience something that you know, I, I never have. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it, it almost intrigued him, you know? And then to see them just sitting there, looking at the Earth, knowing that their time was very limited, it was just... I don't know. It was a wonderful scene. It was really amazing. Very it really was. Visually. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to go back and watch it a couple more times just for that. Yeah. And then, you know, now Ward, Hive, the actor, whatever, he's gone. There's no way he's coming back <laughs> as any other type of character, you know? Right. I mean, I mean it's season one, he's the, the big hero, good guy everyone loves until the end. Season two, he is the nasty villain everyone wants dead. Right, until, and then the end, and now season three, he is the ultimate evil that they're battling the whole time. He played three, essentially three completely different characters over three seasons. Maybe in the fourth one they'll bring him back as a clone or something, just to or mess with us, android or something. Yeah, I just I, I actually found myself going like, how are they going to bring him back next season? What are they going to do? <laughs> well, speaking of next season, they. Uh we kind of jumped to a six months later after all that. Which I hated. Like, they should have ended it with before that. Like, when that cut away to black, that should have been the end of the season for me. See, not for me. For me, I liked seeing this because it gave us more questions for the next season, knowing that they have another season. You know, I get what you're saying. You usually want the season to end not on a Smallville note where everybody's in peril. But I liked some of the stuff. You know, what's up with Daisy? You know, it kind of answers the question that we had, which was, was she really begging Hive to take her back, or was that all a ploy? It looks like it was probably really begging her to take her back. Oh, no, I, I felt like she was, but I just, I feel like they could have opened next season with, it's been six months, time has passed, this is where we're at. I didn't think they needed to end the season with that, you know, minute and a half little little bit, two minute bit or whatever it was. 
of showing that you know she's on the run, she's no longer with Shield. Coulson, for whatever reason, is no longer the director of Shield. Um, I bet you they did that kind of stuff so that they can do marketing materials over the summer or over the you know the time period before the next season comes out. You I know, mean, I'm, I'm I'm sure they did. I'm sure that's why it was, but. But you weren't having none of it. It just it doesn't change the fact that it really annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> all in all, good season. I, I'm really impressed with Shield, and I'm glad that they've uh, that they kind of came out of the rut that they started in way back when. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely was a great you know season. Definitely ended very well. So yep, no complaints there. Excellent. So what, um, what else you got there on that list of yours? Uh, well, Gotham, I guess. Yeah, all right, Gotham. Yeah, Gotham. Yeah, let's go with Gotham. I wreck Gotham. Gotham. Um, it was an okay episode, really. The the I don't have a lot about this one. I, I have seen the season finale since then. Um, but I will say that my favorite line in the whole episode was when the reporter said. Uh, how long you're the acting captain? And his response was, until literally the second someone else wants the job. <laughs> Go bullock. <laughs> and then he just walks off. Um, uh, and then, oh yeah, and then who really killed Gallivant? And he goes, which time? Yeah. Then he walked off, sorry. Um, I don't like the fact they brought back Fish Mooney. Uh, no, I don't yeah. like that either. Um, uh, I just and and then the whole chameleon thing at the end of the episode, I was just really like, really, really like ugh, it well, was. It was I see where they went with it. Yeah, but still, at the end of that episode, I was just super annoyed by it all. I uh, for Fish Mooney when it was revealed that she can touch somebody and make them do things. I I put in my notes. I was like, Fish can control people, or does she just have the power over grilled cheese? <laughs> because she touched the guy and she was like, go get me a grilled cheese sandwich. And he brought her a grilled cheese sandwich. I was like, what a great power to have. Can you imagine that? Just like touching somebody and be like, I want grilled cheese. And they're like, dude, here you go. My wife makes the best grilled cheese. You know, it's power to have. Um, and as, grilled cheese. as far as the chameleon thing, uh, I was, I actually wrote my notes, is this the origin of Clayface? Okay, yeah. All right. Well, because it seemed like that's kind of where they were going. I know they put that giant thing on his head, and you know they were showing like his face being kind of malleable. So I don't know if that was what it was, or if this was yep. just literally a one-off. Like, oh, well, let's make him look like someone else. Okay, I like. Okay, I guess I I didn't even think of the clay face aspect. It didn't even you know occur to me. So I guess I'm I'm cool with that part of it. But even though, but. When I when I initially saw it at the end of the episode, I was just like, whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. If you're just taking it at face value, it's like, oh, this is so dumb. Yeah. But in a season of so dumb, I mean, yeah, the bar is already pretty low. <laughs> I, I've really not been enjoying Gotham this season. I watch it because it's on there, but it's funny yeah. how like um, 
We've got so much of the DC connected universe. You know, we've got the three shows right. that are on CW. We've got Supergirl that they actually people were begging to cross over. They were like, "Oh my God, let's cross over!" And they made yeah. a crossover. And then you know they recently announced that Supergirl is coming to the CW, which is exciting. Yeah, and they announced next season that all four shows will have a giant crossover. Yeah, nobody's That's awesome. Nobody's said anything that I've seen about hey, let's cross over Flash and Gotham. It's just it's impossible. Gotham is it's just such an old. World. Yeah, it, it's its own telling of the story. And thank God, in my case, for the Riddler. Uh, I think yeah. that that yes. guy is what saves the show Nygma for me. Nygma has really made the show for me as well. Absolutely. Like, Even Penguin to an extent. You know, sometimes there are a few yeah. episodes of Penguin that I'm like, oh, and I groan a bit. But for the most part, Penguin hits the mark. But man, Nygma is just, he's my man right now. Yeah, I agree. I, I think... I think what works with Gotham being separate from all the others is the fact that Batman is a kid in it, if you will. You know, Bruce Wayne's a child, still a teenager, whatever you want to call him. Sure. And yeah. And the world with which they live in is like nineteen what forties but with modern technology. Right. But not modern vehicles. Right. Really. It's like the um, polar opposite of uh Supergirl where everything is bright, shiny and yes. happy. Yes, yes. There's such a wash over everything like Gotham <laughs> and griminess. Um But yeah, so I'm, I'm good with Gotham. Yep. Uh, one quick one-line note about Law & Order SVU. They brought back Munch, David Everett, and Belcher for an episode. I thought that was kind of cool. Just for one episode? Uh, I guess he did a couple. He did like he did one this season. I guess he did a couple last season. I, I, didn't, uh, I, I didn't even watch it last season. <laughs> I started watching it this season again. Gotcha. Don't feel, I don't even feel like I missed out on it. But the Richard Belcher Munch character is really unique in the aspect that he has been on TV now as that character for, I think it's like 23 years in a row now, or 24 years in a row, playing that character at least one episode on a season of some sort of show. And he has crossed over. I mean, he started on Homicide Life on the Streets. Then he went over to SVU. He's been on Law & Order, Law & Order Criminal Intent. I think he was on the trial by jury or conviction, whichever that one was called. He had he was on an episode of The Wire as uh, Munch. He was on an episode of The X Files as Munch, working for a Baltimore Homicide at that time. He's been on a couple other shows. I mean, I think it's like eight or nine different shows he's played that character on. It's just kind of neat. That is kind of neat. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go to Flash now. Okay. Uh, the second to last episode of Flash. And um, you know we got we got Laurel Lance <sighs> Earth Two Black Siren not making a big impact really though like like they made a big deal out of her appearing on the show but it was she was really in it was almost like Summer Glau on Castle scenario yeah yeah or even Jewel State on Castle yeah I was just gonna say the same yeah um one interesting side note that uh, kind of weird her powers seem to be metahuman related. So she had the same powers that this world's Laurel Lance yeah, had from technology. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think of that. But as a metahuman. So that was kind of an odd thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I never thought of that or even considered that. But you're right. She was a metahuman. Because when they launched the metahuman neutralizer yep. uh, for Earth 2 metahumans, you know, and of course Zoom got away. Right. But yeah, she was she was neutralized. So that's true. Okay, I'm glad you picked up on that. Yeah, I I don't often say this about Flash because you know I'm a super fan. I love the show, but yeah, I did not like this episode very much. 
it was a weak sauce episode, but it had a huge ending. Well, here's the thing. Like, we were promised the Metocalypse. The Metocalypse, you know, they kept talking about it. They said it like five or six times. Iris starts off writing a newspaper article about it. And the whole thing was done in like two seconds. Yeah, like, they really s- got them that one. <laughs> they did. We we see yeah. like a whole bunch of metas out there doing stuff, beating people up, and suddenly red flash, red flash, red flash, and oh, they're all gone. They're locked up. Barry wins. Yeah, that was he did pretty much clean up that street instantly. Um, um, I also found that as, as Zoom has become more and more of a prominent character as we've gotten to know him more, like he was always kind of in the shadows doing his thing and being sinister from behind. Yes. Um, the more we see of him, the more I question, like, I'm going to make a really bad reference here, but he's reminding me more of Dr. Evil than anything. Like, he's putting Barry in easily escapable situations. Uh, he could quite simply go in and snap the necks of, like, Cisco and Caitlin. Oh, it, yeah. For somebody who's so evil, he's leaving them all these outs to stop him. Yeah, he. You're right. He is. It is. It is. You're right. They've they've made him such a uh, almost insurmountable <laughs> villain. Um, but yeah, yeah. He always leaves them a bunch of outs, and he gives them time. Like, of course, we know he kills Barry's dad at the end of the episode. Yeah, which was uh, right. telegraphed about a million miles away, but oh, still, immensely. still heartbreaking. Yes, still heartbreaking. Still powerful. But then, and just to briefly talk about the finale, only because we're on, it, it works with the subject. He gives him time to grieve after. Right, right. I gave you time to grieve, but your time is now up. Yeah. You know, and it was just so. You're right. I mean, he he could easily destroy Flash, kill everyone, kill everything, but he he doesn't. And you know, we watched this episode, and we're promised with the previews, you know, that we're going to hear his big plan. You know, all yeah. the all the commercials are like, we're going to have the big plan of Zoom finally revealed. And then the commercial has him saying, "A race, Barry, to see which one of us is the fastest." And I kind of groaned a lot at that point. Yeah, I know. I, I yeah. was like, really? I I get that it's the Flash and that everything is racing, right. but holy God, Zoom, what are you doing here? You know, right. I'm I want us to go back to Reverse Flash. Reverse Flash was so good because he was like he would threaten Barry to his face. You know, he killed Cisco in an alternate yeah. timeline. I, I missed the deviousness of Reverse Flash. It was so much scarier than Zoom, who like just hangs out at the police station. Yeah. 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 That's true. Um The only other two big thing the only other big thing in here is that Wally found out that Barry's the Flash. Yes. Yeah, I can't wait to see how that's gonna play out on the finale. And then I will say the one thing I did love about the episode is I, I love Wells and Cisco's banter back and forth. Again, those two love th- it. Something happened in the writers' room where they gave those two like a, a Laurel and Hardy kind of thing. Yes, and they're just awesome. Like when they're on the screen, I get giddy listening to the two of them talk. I also thought yep. it was kind of fun. Um, the the doctor, I can't even remember her name, but the doctor lady from that lab that Barry saved, and she's kind of flirting with Henry Allen, and that was, she was the same character on the 1990s version of The Flash yes, when yes. he was, <laughs> that yes, was kind of cute to that see. that was hilarious, yeah. I, I like when they keep doing those little nods and homages back to the original Flash episode. Yep. Um, episode Flash series. 
And people who didn't know that would think that it was just more portending, you know, that he's going to be killed off because now he, right. oh, look, I'm going to stick around. Oh, look, this woman likes me. But it, it had a deeper meaning because they starred together on that show back when he was The Flash. Yeah. Yeah. So it was neat. Yes. Me as well to see that uh, how those two played off each other and how that played out. Yeah, but the overall metocalypse. Yeah. Uh, if they really wanted to have some impact, it probably should have been spread over several episodes. Maybe involve Team Arrow because there were just too many for them to handle. You know, not Barry doing yeah. one sweep because, as we all saw in this episode, Barry took some time to talk about our Lord and Savior, the Speed Force. You know, he yes. kind of had the doe-eyed religious look to him. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Uh, anyway, I digress. Let's let's move on to Moving Arrow. Forward. Let's talk about Arrow, and this is and this is fitting because I just uh. read my note for Arrow, and this is fitting because it falls what we were just talking about with Zoom, which is Damien Dark could have killed Oliver and John, <laughs> but chose not to because he wanted them to suffer. What are bad guys going to learn just to kill their nemesis when they have a chance? Right. I mean, you know? he's so powered up at this point. My very first note is he can now disintegrate arrows without even trying. Right. Why didn't he just kill them? Exactly. Now, I'm going to let you live because I have something else going on. Yeah. yeah it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. And then I wrote back, I wrote, Curtis is back. Great, because I like Curtis. We haven't seen him. And then Absolutely. we only saw him for like 10 seconds. And it was just to punctuate jokes. Yeah, that was it. it. It was just for him to walk in and be like, hey, your parents are fighting. Have a beer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, then they turn Thea, which I just wrote the word groan with many A's. Yes, I, I did the that same. That was stupid. And then five minutes later, she's fine. Yeah, because, you know, it can control everybody else. But for her, eh, all she has to do is get a little five-minute pep talk from Oliver, and she's fine. Exactly. She can fight it off. And once again, threaten to kill Malcolm. Just friggin' do it, okay? <laughs> I love John Barrowman to yeah, death, but I come on. I love John Barrowman to death. He is hilarious. I loved him, you know, on uh, on Torchwood and in Doctor Who. He's just a great actor. But just kill him and get it over. <laughs> Every time he's on the screen, or all of one of them's threatened to kill him. Yeah. And, uh, oh. and, you know, then we've got the, the mayor announcing that the Green Arrow and John Diggle are public enemies and everybody needs to stop them down in their little, you know, hidey hole bunker underground perfect city thing. Well, she's dead now. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Because of anarchy. Yeah, when I saw anarchy drive the arrow directly into her chest, I went, now that's how you drive an arrow into someone by hand, not Damien Dark into the midsection like you did lower. (laughs) And Uh, then, of course... I love how the entire arc is so vulnerable that a single arrow shot explodes the entire dome. Oh, oh, not just that. The, the fact that Anarchy, who is just yeah. some some twat running around this place with oh, a burned wait, face. Eric, really, yeah. Yes, yes, calling Thea mommy all the time, which is really which dumb. Is stupid and weird. Says, he, he knows enough about this place to tell him specifically yeah. that... This is made of a dwarf star alloy, and one yeah. stray shot will blow the whole place up. How does he know that? Yeah. He is somehow a super genius as well. Oh, not only a super genius, but then right after that, he is single-handedly fighting all three of our heroes successfully. Yeah. yeah. What? What is going yeah. on with it this? No sense whatsoever. And then now there's a giant 
uh, flipping crater in Star City. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it was crowd. also confusing to me, too, because all the rooms that had, like, computer screens and command posts and stuff, yeah. I thought Dark was down inside the city with them. But me it turns too. out he's at his own little secret command post someplace else. Yeah. yeah. I was like, why hasn't he just gone in there and stopped Anarchy from killing his wife? I thought he was down there. Nope, he's somewhere nope. else. Okay. He's somewhere completely else, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> And, my, and now one of my, he wants to burn down the entire world. Yes, yes. And so he comes to Felicity's place to find the hackers that have been stopping him. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, uh, talk about throwaway characters. Bringing back Felicity's ex-boyfriend, who was the hacker who was in jail, who none of us even cared to remember. Right. And there, they could have just said, I have this super hacker and been done with Right. But to have that... St- Stupid hacker war. You've heard me talk about how much I love Mr. Robot because it's so realistic when it comes to hacking and such. Hacking does not allow you to send electrical jolts to other people's computers. I wish it did because as a 911 dispatcher, (laughs) for 15 years talked about, I wish I had a button on the phone that could electrocute the person holding the phone on the other end. Just uh, so they drop the phone and maybe it would disconnect. Mike's statements do not reflect that of all the police officers and dispatchers <laughs> of Maine. I would like to put that on record. <laughs> I, when I saw that, I was like, that's what I've been looking for. <laughs> it's so impossible. Uh, yeah. Even to hack a power grid, yeah. all you could do is shut down. There's yeah. no way that you can turn off AC or DC gates like that. It, it blew my mind. I was so angry watching the lightning jump from their computers and power strips and, and, they're, and they're still going you yes. know, the of, yeah and then and then when the when the ex-boyfriend realizes oh no they've sent an even bigger blast back at me he just looks at dark like <laughs> then he gets blown you know 10 feet across from him into a wall or something so yeah. yes i think that was a fairly accurate sound effect <laughs> <laughs> but we like the show people don't Yes, yes we do, and and we're hoping that the season finale will reset it so that we can get back to what Arrow is supposed to be about. Yeah, Saving the city. Arrow and Supernatural today. <sighs> Good luck with that. So, Supernatural. I'll just talk about it real quick. Go right ahead. So in this episode, the almost last episode, the team comes together. We got God, the Winchesters, Lucifer, Rowena, Crowley, and the Angels all together to battle Lamara. Where's Where's Lucifer coming from? Uh, Lucifer is in Castiel. Oh, okay. He'd be captured by Amara, but God as Chuck and the Winchesters freed him, and then God healed him. And then they did this whole this whole bit where Lucifer acted like a spoiled child because God is his dad, right? And himself in his room playing loud music, eating food, watching TV. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, it was just, yeah, it was, yeah, it was stupid. Was it Mark Pellegrino? It was Misha Collins. Oh. As uh, Lucifer. Okay, I, I thought when you said that they healed him and stuff that he was now Mark oh, Pellegrino. Oh, no, no, again. no, no, he, they, he healed, he healed Castiel's vessel or whatever, but Lucifer's still within Castiel. That hasn't changed. Gotcha. Okay. So, so. They all come together to battle Amara. So it starts out with Rowena and her witch's coven. They shoot her with electricity. The, and then she manages to reverse the electricity 
kill all the witches in the coven, which are miles away, and then just knock Rowena to the ground, and I guess not kill her because she's not a red shirt like apparently the other four witches were. Sounds like a trick she learned from Arrow. Yeah, right? Exactly. Except this is the sister of God, so it's more believable. (laughs) (laughs) Reverse the electricity. (laughs) That sentence within itself is hilarious. Well, it's the sister of God. It really kind of is, yeah. Um... And then the angel smited her again, which is just, you know, they shoot a giant light down from the sky on her. Almost like she was getting um, beamed out, but instead it was angel smiting. I see. Um, And then the demon smoke swarms her, including Crowley. And it just kind of goes around her in circles like a little tornado. Um, But I guess that was devastating her. And that all weakens her. And then she comes into the the room where Lucifer, God, and the Winchesters are. And her dress is torn, and she's all beat up and cut up, and she's she's ripe for the picking. And now it's Lucifer's turn. He's supposed to go and hand to hand combat her, but all she all he does is just he drives a spear through her chest. And then we have the big talk. What? Yeah, yeah, because she's all ready to be killed, which is what they want to have happen. I mean, like they're gonna no, they're not gonna kill her because we have to have light has to have darkness because Chuck God is the light and and Amara is the darkness, and so you have to have the balance, the yin and the yang. So they can't kill her, but they have to lock her away or whatever. So God apologizes to her for what he did and what he's about to do, and then and then Amara, I mean, gets to make her big speech about um, why I'm the victim and you're the bad guy. Because it's supernatural and they wouldn't be a show without those speeches. Right. We need to have the big speech and let everyone sit around patiently listening to her talk as opposed to just going, oh, shut up, get in the cage. Uh, so then God tries to take the mark of Cain off Amar, Amar and give it to Sam. And when it's at that point, Amar is apparently healed up enough where she kind of, she force chokes Chuck as a god. You know, definitely Darth Vader style with the force choke. Okay. And then she destroys Lucifer, which what we see is the light coming out of the eyes and the mouth and all that stuff of you know, Castiel. And then he collapses and she just says, sorry, nephew. And it's implied that she's just destroyed Lucifer. It, it, we don't know if it's actually taken, if it's it's destroyed um, Castiel or not. Okay. But we know Lucifer allegedly is gone. And then she takes the mark because the mark of Cain was going to be put on Sam because Dean couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Dean didn't like it, but whatever. But then she takes the mark back from Sam. And then she apparently kills God. Oh, because, that's nice. Yeah, like all the light comes screaming out of his body, and his body just drops to the ground. But nope, he's not dead. He's just dying because she wants him to watch the world turn to ash. Again. Again. Talking about action instead of just killing, you know, killing the bad guy or letting the good guy not be quite dead yet because she wants him to suffer. Like what happened in Arrow. And what happened in <sighs> Flash. It's now happening on Supernatural. Did all these writers get together and, like, make a pact that they were going to do this just to screw with all of us? Yeah. I mean, it's the same scenario of, I could have killed Rowena, I could kill God, but I didn't. I, I did kill Lucifer. 
Uh, I could have killed Sam because that's not Dean and she can't kill Dean for whatever reason. They're bound together and she can't. Um, and, but she's going to destroy the whole world anyways. So how you feeling about Lash being killed now? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> At least we got some kind of meaningful death. <laughs> yeah, not, not the one we wanted, but yeah, absolutely. You're right. So, uh, and then that kind of leaves us with, uh, you know, this last episode, which was on last night, which I plan on watching today. And, of course, my favorite part of that episode, no matter what, is going to be the uh, the road so far and listen to some little Kansas action while they recap the season. Oh, it's not going to be the inevitable speeches that everybody's going to give? No, no, it's just going to be the recap of the season to, to the Kansas hit song, Carry On. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeehaw. Right? What do you want to talk about next? Uh, what about... Want to talk about Legends? Because... Yeah, we're on that theme. Might as well. We're on this... We're doing superheroes. Yep. I have to switch notebooks now. Good Lord, I have too many notes. That's why I use OneNote. One what? OneNote. It's a program for the computer oh, or for yes, the iPad. Yes. I just... I had to, I typed up a bunch at work and then I have a bunch of handwritten ones as well I just have too many notes I guess to talk about so unlike the other two shows Legends was actually the season finale for this CW show yes yes and boy did it go out with a meh it did kind of go out with a meh I mean alright so again I had a favorite line which was Mick I like stealing stuff it makes me feel good yep yep and it kind of sums up his character but now Ray and Mick are buddies, apparently. Yep. And then there's the scene where uh, Kendra gets away from Vandal Savage, and he gets back at her, and he just chokes her unconscious instead of just killing her. Yeah, why has he been keeping... Like, he gets his immortality from killing these people, so why yeah. has he been keeping her alive all this time? Yeah. Oh, yeah, why because he... of lazy writing. Yeah, again, the bad guy not really just following through and killing and vanquishing the, the good guys. Right. Um... Because he's going to make Shiara his his love again. He will yeah. make her love him again. So they rescue, they, they launch a rescue attempt, and they rescue Carter, but Kendra, of course, gets cap- recaptured instantly. Because it's Kendra, and she's about as yeah. useful as a sack of potatoes in a fight like that. And then I, I will say that I did enjoy how they were fighting the three Vandal Savages at once. Yeah, yeah. No, because that wasn't... Go ahead. I was going to say because let's remember that the plot by Vandal Savage was to use the blood of Shiara and, or Kendra and Carter, Kendra and Carter. Yeah. on three different versions of the meteorite that struck and gave them their powers uh, in three different time periods so that the universe would basically explode and it would reset them back to um, 1700 BC. Yeah, and then he could make the world in his image from there. Right. Yeah. Hey, did you know that Kendra was a barista? <laughs> I did. It wasn't mentioned in this episode, so I had to make sure that I reminded you in case I, you forgot. I always put that as my first note, just in case I ever forget. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like, bingo! Um, but no, I liked, I liked the three-way battle because yep. I really enjoyed Mick beating the crap out of him. <laughs> of the three, that one was my favorite. Yep. 
Yeah, he, his felt the most primal out of all of it. Yes, yes. And then, because um, at the end, if you think about it, Kendra and Carter, they didn't even get to kill him. No. Like, this is a man that has killed them hundreds of times through centuries, and they didn't even get the chance to kill him. Sarah did. Well, it's because did. they've had all these chances to do it. And they, don't, they don't deserve it anymore. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> failed every time. Yeah, they just don't. They just don't deserve it. Now, doesn't now doesn't him taking doesn't Rip taking the meteorite flying into the sun, but then going back in time on himself? Blah 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 blah. Isn't that something all season long you said he couldn't do? Uh, like on every yeah. turn. Like, he completely violated the one rule that they maintained about time travel all season. <laughs> he completely violated at the end. Yeah, I guess because, didn't he say something about how now that the Time Masters can't control time anymore, then oh, the okay. rules go out the window? Because, you know. But they did set up the fact that season two is now going to be all about them protecting the timeline now that there's no Time Masters or Oculus or anything like that. So that's good. Yeah, good. We know, the direction it's, we know the direction it's going in, at least. And then I had heard multiple times that next season was going to essentially almost be like an entire new cast, and yet only Kendra and Carter leaving the show. And let me just say, I applauded out loud. It, oh, nobody was yes. around, but when they said, we're going to take off, I'm like, yes! Yeah! Yeah, yeah I was a big fan of that, too. Yeah, two I most just, useless characters in my opinion. I mean, one of them died yeah. halfway through the season. Yeah. And the other one uh, shut up about being a barista. Yeah. It's one of those things where, and, and they basically removed themselves from the entire story arc of all the shows because they're going to go off on their own and fall in love and be together. Yeah, good for them. So we don't really need them to come back ever again. Far, far away. But it was just a scenario of, and I agree with the, I guess, the, the writers or creators or whatever, when they said, like, their story was done, we didn't really see any any reason for them to stay on or to right. continue. So that made sense. Right. So I'm glad they're gone. Yeah. But it doesn't leave a whole lot of openings for any new crew members or castmates on the show. Well, I mean, are you forgetting the, the guest visitor that showed up at the end? Oh, Our Man? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rex Tyler, who plays Our Man. The original. Age. Yeah, yeah, one of the original Justice Societies of America members. Yeah, so that'll be interesting because I mean that's that's bringing a that's kind of is bringing a huge part of the DC world to the TV show, right? Which is especially interesting. I'll be interested to see how Flash handles this, but um, the original Justice Society, Jay Garrick, was one of them. You know, the yeah. Jay Garrick version of the Flash. The only three members of the Justice Society that lasted into the you know from the Purge and into the Justice League were Superman, Batman, yeah. and Wonder Woman, which right. they'll never be on the shows. But I'll nope. be interested to see how they're going to do this. Like, is this an alternate timeline type of thing, or is this going to be right. the past? Because in Earth Two on Flash, just to go really meta here, they've got yep. the thing inside the Earth Two police station that is the mural for the Justice Society. Yes. Yes, I know, I know, and I keep wondering what that's how that's going to play into effect because it has to play into effect at some point. Yeah, that or it's just a really cool background piece. That's <laughs> and the thing is, like, as far as the crew members go, you know, yeah, you're right. It seems like a lot of them are sticking around, um, but like Mick really can't. I don't think unless they're going to shoot at the same time as they're shooting Prison Break because that's full on okay. happening. Okay, so Prison Break has already been shot, apparently. 
I, I saw the preview, and yeah, it looks like they've got all the principal photography done. I mean... Yeah, no, yeah, that's the thing. Is Prison Break's already been done, and apparently Rude had told me this. I think it was Rude. He brought it up that... Uh, I can't think of his name now. Michael Porcelli or something like that, whatever. The guy that plays Snark. Okay, yep. Has signed on to play in several episodes of both of Flash and Arrow and uh, maybe even Legends next season. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that'd be good because I was really digging his character. And oh, Captain Cold was always great for the Flash, so... Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, so Mick... I mean, like, so it is pop because, like, Prison Break, actually, that's one of my notes. It's all been filmed, and it's only going to be, I think it's a odd number of nine episodes. It's being considered a mini-series. Yep. Hold on. Where is that note? Well, it's some. Oh, there it is. Oh, that's it. I just read it. Yeah, it's only gonna be nine episodes. It's a miniseries event, and it's already been filmed. But see, here's the thing with the word miniseries. I don't trust them anymore because lately it seems like every time something is a miniseries, it can possibly get picked up. Like Wayward Pines was a miniseries event, and now yeah. they're having season two. Containment was a miniseries event, and then they made the announcement, yep, it's been cancelled, there won't be a season two. Why would there be a season two? It was a mini-series. Well, but, at the same token, Ash vs. Evil Dead started out as just a mini-series, and then they decided, no, we're going to go a second season on this, and I'm 100% okay with that. That's true. But so. And I'm not saying that it can't happen, I'm just saying that when people say mini-series these days, I don't trust right. it. I consider it a season one. Yeah. Or, like, X-Files was considered season 10. Right. And there is still talk of them doing another season, another six episodes, which I would absolutely love. So far, everybody has signed on. The actors, the director, the writers. Chris Carter, Gillian Anderson, David Coveney, they're all on board. Everyone else is all on board. So I think it's going to happen. Just do it. I think it will, because I'm pretty sure Fox got some pretty severely mega-awesome ratings last January. <laughs> well, I saw one article, and they said, yes, it looks like it's going to happen. Hopefully the first episode will be nothing but them apologizing for that stupid cliffhanger ending. <laughs> yeah. I, I can get behind that. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Blacklist. Yes. Yes, uh, uh, Blacklist was interesting this week. Two-part finale. Yep. Now, I had and seen the first part before. You watched them both back-to-back. Yes, yeah. And I really enjoyed how they each, uh, part one, if you will, was definitely a different show. Yes. You know, it had that backdoor pilot thing going on, uh, and I really enjoyed it. Like, I actually really, really enjoyed it. Me too. Of like an Ocean's Eleven heist type movie or whatever. Yep. Complete with, like, 70s heist music being played. And, uh, uh, during that scene when Tom was in the kitchen and whatnot. Yeah, it had a very smooth feel to it. It didn't feel like you know they were forcing characters into roles or, or that they were trying to do something that didn't work for the thing. It had its yeah. own energy, but it really felt good to me. If they really do do a, uh, a spinoff where Tom which, is going to be working for Susan Hargrove and everything like that, I would watch are. that. Yep. Yeah, I would definitely. Well, I know they're... Well, okay, so they, they did, it did get greenlit? Yep. Okay, cool. I will watch that. I liked it. Yeah, I don't think that she looks old enough to be his mom, though. I don't either. Like, yeah, like I, I just, I don't even, I don't buy that for an instant. No, that, that she's I mean, old technically she mom. is, but right, but she doesn't look it. No, she takes very good care of herself. 
Clearly she does. She must moisturize every day, I would assume. It must be. It must, must. Um, so, I, yeah, I really enjoyed that episode. And then the finale episode, I didn't enjoy as much. It definitely felt a little more, I don't know, odd. Yeah, it did feel odd. It felt very odd. I mean, it just it felt, I don't know, like, all right, I did like the point where he said, I hijacked it because I'm a criminal. Yes. Yes. Um, and then when they were replacing the plates on the on the tanker truck, I don't know if anyone else noticed this, they were screwing a main passenger car license. <laughs> I noticed that right off, and I was like, whoa, whoa, that's passenger car. What the heck? Yeah, that's not a trailer plate. That was a passenger car plate. And what were they doing I, with main plates, I mean? Well, okay, if you want to break down to it, Maine, technically, I don't know how much they looked into this, but Maine is one of the few states where you can register a trailer, uh, over-limits trailer or a long-haul trailer, uh, with a long-term plate in the state of Maine. I'm talking like 10, 15, 20 years, depending on the plate. And um, even if your company's not based in Maine, as long as you have an agent based in Maine, so Maine Motor Transport over on the Winton Road in Augusta, uh, that's basically what they do. Um, companies from out of state, they register their plates with them through Maine because it's cheaper than maybe registering in their own state. And then Maine is also one of those places where if you are a long-haul cross-country trailer and you're coming into Maine, you still need to be registered in Maine as well. So it kind of – Maine says, yeah, you're required to be registered here if you're going to be in here doing long-term business. And also um, we'll charge you less money than other states. So it's a weird scenario. I don't know if that has anything to do with it or not, but that's that's what they do here in Maine. I'm almost sorry I asked. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> but it's a passenger car plate. Yes. Not not a trailer plate, so just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it uh, after coming off the energy of the first episode, this one kind of yeah. felt more red, you know, more yes. bland. Yeah, like oh, red's going to be all done working with the team. I'm going to do whatever I want. You know, no one stood up to him or said, "No, you're a criminal. We had this deal." Uh everyone was that upset over Liz being killed that they're just going to turn a blind eye and then talk about how they feel guilty about it and should have done it. Yeah. You know, and then of course the whole, what's I can't think oh, of her name. I was but, just going to say, what's her name? The, yeah. the cleaner lady, basically the cleaner. Yeah. That she mousy little woman that he always yeah. calls in to clean up all the messes. And she's like the perfect little tool yeah. for that kind of stuff. And she helped, Liz, apparently, she's alive. Yep. Did you see that coming? I did. I didn't see it coming at all. I really... I did the second, like, um, she said, oh, you know, it's it's not just them. I'm like, oh, Liz is alive. Yeah. But otherwise, I, I honestly didn't see it. I truly thought Tom was just escaping on his own. That made sense to me. I've no, I've known it in my heart I wanted to believe it. I shouldn't say I've known it because I could have been wrong, but I've wanted to believe it since the whole she's dead thing because she wanted to get out of Red's life and she needed to and that was the only way that she could really do it was to yeah. be dead. And how would the show go on? Like if they had said the blacklist is ending but this new show is going to take its place, then I would have been like, okay, that makes sense. But how would the show go on if Tom's going to go off with Scotty and... Yeah. And they're going to just have a team here with Red for no reason. 
Well, I thought Red would. I thought they they explained it that Red would stay on to help them and work with the team because a, it still benefits him and his in his you know criminal empire right everything every case they do benefits him somehow and then out of like respect to the memory of lizzie and that maybe he'd grown to respect these people over time as well and he wanted to keep working with them still um but clearly not so who knows yep and then yeah go ahead no i was just gonna say it was it wasn't a surprise for me. I mean, yes, I was pleasantly, quote-unquote, surprised, but it wasn't a surprise as much as I was like, okay, yep, that makes sense. Right, and then the whole Alexander Kurt aspect of it, you know, like he wanted that baby so bad, and I'm like, and, and they wouldn't tell you why, and it didn't make any sense as to why he wanted the baby so bad. It was just kind of like he just wants it to hurt Red, perhaps. Right. I didn't. I wasn't sure. And then in the end, it's because he's actually Lizzie's father. Right. And so straight away when he says, I'm your dad, you know, A, he's not going to hurt her. He's not going to hurt the baby now. He's not going to hurt Tom because now he knows that Lizzie's alive, so she's not, he's not going to hurt Lizzie that way. So it almost doesn't make any sense at all. So she's not even in peril. Like they left the season. She's not in peril. She's safe. She's probably safer now than she was. <laughs> exactly. Although the question would have to be raised – why was Red spending so much time trying to keep her away from this guy, say that he's dead, you know, hide her out, etc.? Um, maybe there's something more to it than that. You know, maybe the guy has some kind of nefarious plan. Yeah. So, in the end, I guess we're all going to see Lizzie's going to come back to the team, Red's going to come back and work, they're all going to work together, Tom's going to go off and do his own thing. It'll somehow all get explained in the first couple episodes next season. I'm hoping that it's going to be a, a quote-unquote crossover type thing, though, because if you've yeah. got Liz and Tom sharing a life and sharing a child, then I would imagine that you'd have some things like dinner conversations. You know, well, what'd you and Scotty do today? Well, I did this. You know, how are you and your dad doing? Oh, well, Red yeah. came to pay us a visit. It seems like it would yeah. be very ripe for crossovers galore. Yeah. Yeah, I, it would. It definitely would. But the two shows have such a different feel to them. Yes. Which is not to say that... Um, Either one is bad or good. Exactly. Exactly. It's kind of like how Arrow and Flash have a different feel, different look, and the crossovers work seamlessly. So Right. Ah, boy. We're at 53 minutes already. That's well, going to be a long episode, folks. Yes, it is. Uh, person, person of interest. Finally catching up. I am. I've I've watched episode five up to episode five, and episode four was really good. The one where Shaw came back. Yes. yes. I mean, it was I really good. That a lot. Yes, and then at the end of the episode, you find out that they have put her through this simulation six thousand seven hundred and forty-two times. Yeah, it was actually the name of the episode. Yes, and every time she killed herself at the end. Yeah. Like, what how much anguish and just mental, just, I mean, and yet she's still fighting it somehow. I mean, that is just, yeah. You really felt for her as a character at the end. Oh, you absolutely. You really wanted her. Yes, yeah. Um, and then Elias is alive, right? Yeah, which I'm kind of glad because I liked his character. He I did too. He wasn't seen a lot during the show, but yeah. when he was, he was always like a formidable opponent. 
uh, slash ally at times. And then the only thing wrong I have so far is that we're already five episodes in. I think now after this week, seven episodes in with only 12 this season. So it's like it's going by too fast. It really is. I think like yeah. it's either next week or the week after and we're done. Yeah. Just racing yeah. right by. Yeah, it's pretty quick that they're burning these out there. But man, it's still such a good show. It is. It's a great show, and I highly recommend everyone watch it. And I yes. like how they're still kind of doing, you know, they're building on the the overall arc of them battling Samaritan and finding what happened to Shaw, and now Elias is back and everything else. Well, at the same time, they're getting numbers. Yes. Yeah. And I love the new intro, how it splices in Finch's yes. original speech with the new the Boss of Samaritan speech. And yes. it's really well done because they're really this show is trying to show you both sides of it. Samaritan is the enemy, supposedly, but they're trying to show you that maybe the enemy is something like he says in the beginning, it's what you always wanted. It's what you asked for. Security, yep. safety, being able to predict things before they happen. Yep. Very philosophical. I love it. It is, it is. It is very and it, again, it's a great season so far already. But it's just a going through so fast, though. Uh, Speaking of endings... Which one do you want to talk about? Castle. Alright. Turn back a page. I think there's a song about that. There is a song called Turn the Page, but... um, Yeah, go ahead. Go about Castle. Castle, this was the uh, season finale and then discovered to be the series finale because of all the hoopla yes. going on there. Yeah. And holy God, did they shove everything right in our face to tie everything up in oh, one neat little package. Yes. They had to, though. I mean, like, they didn't really have much of a choice. You know? <laughs> they, they had zero choice except for to cram, like, what would probably have been two, possibly three episodes worth of stuff yeah. into one episode very rapidly. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was the reveal of Loxat, and it yeah. was kind of an underwhelming reveal. It was. It was Gerald McCraney who played the bo- the the head of the secret detectives club. Yeah, which he said had nothing to do with him. Yeah. Uh, oh recruiting. no, those two separate things. Yeah, he just does that for fun. I always yeah. call him Major Dad because that's how Major I Dad. Yeah, yeah. He he had a good run on House of Cards as well. The older generation might call him Simon from Simon and Simon. Yeah. But it, it was kind of underwhelming to learn that he was Loxat and yeah. that we had the. <laughs> the new greasy guy who was his right hand man who I yeah. just know him from Daredevil and from uh, Galaxy Quest. Yeah. And then of course they're the CIA. Yep. Yep. So we had a giant shootout between the CIA and NYPD. Right, because that's a thing. Yeah. And also we had the snare of the bad guy talking too much. Yes. Oh monologuing was big in yep. this one. Yep, yep. And then of course, you know, uh we had the big ending. The big tacked-on ending. Yeah, not that ending. The original <laughs> big ending. Yes. Where... The one where Beckett and Castle both get shot. Castle with a sucking chest wound. Beckett got shot multiple times, I guess. Both appeared to be bleeding out and dying on the floor. And you knew they were going to leave it like that. Yes, that was going to be the season finale. That, that The biggest dick move on the planet they could have done <laughs> had the show continued... Uh, which is 
who's going to die? Is someone going to... Maybe no one's going to die. And then, of course... Well, they did that with the sniper shot a few seasons back, too. Yeah, exactly. Becca got shot, and she was about to say, you know, I love you, and she was... And of course, speaking of sniper, good thing Haley's such a good shot and badass at the beginning, <laughs> and has no qualms with killing people. Nope, none whatsoever. It's a shame because I really like her character. Yes, I do. And too. I like the the the, the chemistry. Her and, yes, the chemistry of her and Castle's uh, daughter together. Alexis, yep. Sorry, Alexis. Yeah, and so I almost would like to see them get their own like. Detective Girl spinoff, almost like a modern Charlie's Angels, I guess. With a van and a dog? Sure. <laughs> but uh, I, I wouldn't mind if they got their own like little type of spinoff show. I, I would enjoy seeing them together still. Yes. Yeah, that was um, talked about for a little while there, but it's just, yeah. it's not going to happen. But yeah, of course, that whole seven years later thing tacked on at the end, which if they didn't do, people would have been irate. <laughs> there would have been rioting. Yes. Yeah. So, and the reason that I didn't like it was because, you know, they said that they were worried about getting canceled, so they yeah. had to make plans just in case, so they reshot the ending just in case. And yeah. so here's the thing. You and I both know, as you just said, the ending would have been a fade to black as they're laying there bleeding on the floor. Are they going to yeah. die? Are they going to live? And then instead it fades back in on seven years later little kids yep. running around the two of them smiling and happy at each other yep and that's it there's no yep. mention of like esposito and ryan there's no mention of the uh, where kate's going now you know there's no mention of Haley and alexis there's nothing it's just the two yep. of them and they're like oh, i love you and then done yep it was well, so they felt terrible yeah but obviously that they felt that that's all anyone cared about was what happened with you know Kate and Castle. Yeah, they were wrong. So yeah, <laughs> they, were, they were wrong, dead wrong. So yeah, Castle's done. Yeah, Castle's done. That's it. Nathan, it's all over. Let's get some more Firefly going. Exactly. That's all I keep waiting to hear. I, I, I just look for my feed to explode every day with an announcement of new Firefly. <laughs> new Firefly. Get him into some Marvel movies as a standalone character, and yep. let's do this. Yep. That's what I, I literally keep waiting for that to happen. Yep. It's coming. I got a couple more shows to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, when uh, John and, and Sansa finally saw each other, finally hugged, yep. finally had that big moment where you finally felt Sansa was actually safe, it's pretty emotional, pretty awesome scene. And then later on, when you watch, if you watch the uh, the little behind the scenes making of the vignettes they do at the end of the episodes, now you find out that is the first time those two characters have ever been on screen together in the entire run of the show. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. And I I didn't miss anything. <laughs> no. So did you? Are you caught up on game? Oh yes, I am. Yes. Okay. 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 Um. So this is not the most recent episode. This is last week's episode. Clearly, we're talking about. Uh, but we see uh, Littlefinger again. Yes. Um, uh, Grey Worm spoke more in this episode than in every episode he's been in combined together. <laughs> yep. Previously. Uh, Ramsley really screwed himself when he wrote that letter to 
<laughs> Jon Snow. Yeah, he kind of went over the top on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was really just not uh, not a wise thing to do. And then uh, my wife absolutely loved Khaleesi killing all of the uh, Dothraki calls. She thought that was fantastic. And do you think now she's finally going to head to Westeros? No. <laughs> I, I think she's going to take her Dothraki people who are all now bowing down to her, and she's going to go back and mess around with the slave people more because, you know, behind the scenes you've got um, Tyrion there making the deal with them that they've got, you know, seven years to end their slavery. and Yeah, which I thought was a funny number because that was usually the same number of an indentured servant. So yeah, anyway, yeah. Anyways. Um, but I think she's going to go back there and say, nope, you didn't speak for me, and I don't want this, and we're just going to take it by force. And yeah. I, I don't know that she'll ever get over to Westeros. Well, maybe someday. We got this stupid, uh, the, the High Sparrow thing, which getting a little tired of. No, I'm, I'm way tired of that. I'm just looking forward to when he gets executed. Yeah. And supposedly they have a plan. Allegedly, yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> um, yeah, they want to destroy him before Marjwin has to do her walk of shame. Which, yep. I wonder yep. if she'll also do a CGI body double for that. Yeah. Well, interesting enough, at the end of, after Khaleesi set everything on fire, because she's the girl that cannot be burned, but her clothes can clearly be burned. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> I, she had said that she was not going to do nudity anymore, the actress. Yes. She was not going to do nudity anymore, and so I assumed that it was a body double, just like uh, when she did her walk of shame there. Right. But um, my wife mentioned the yesterday or whatever that she was reading that it was her. Correct. It was not a body double. Yep. And that she had said that she wasn't going to do nudity for the sake of nudity. If it meant something to the story or was important, then yes, she would. Right. Yes. So. And I guess in this case it really did because, you know, it was showing that oh, she yeah. was completely unscathed. Exactly, yes. Yeah. yeah. She's, the, she's the mother of dragons. She cannot be burned by flame. <laughs> so, so yeah, but pretty good episode. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, there wasn't it wasn't. Uh, I mean, the biggest drama is you know uh, John Snow and, and Sansa getting back together. Right. Right. And what's going on so, in the north? Yeah, and what's happening in the north and everything. And truthfully, I think I, I'm merging the two episodes together in my mind. So I'm having a hard time differentiating other than my notes what I wrote, right? Because that show does have that ability where it is it, it's such it's a, a that shows a giant run on sentence from the first episode <laughs> to the last episode of the season, you know? Yes, yes, it is. And, yeah, and it's it's very much like a soap opera where there's so many different um, scenes going on, stories going on, and they cut from one to one to one, and sometimes one's highlighted in the show, sometimes it's not. But it's still when you it's still a big run-on sentence together, so and, and which is not a bad thing. But when you're doing a podcast and you've watched two episodes, you only want to talk about one of them. Right. It's kind of it's kind of messed with me a little. Absolutely. Bit. <laughs> no, I think uh, my notes cover what your notes covered, so I think yeah. we're all set on that. Yep. So I guess Grim. Grim is my last show. Yeah. I want to talk about last new show and and um, the very first thing I wrote. Before I even started watching it, which was, they will leave us with some stupid cliffhanger because they always do. They and literally yet, always do. And yet, I'm never mad at them for it because <laughs> I've grown to expect it. Like, 
I don't remember which. I think it was this mid-season finale, maybe, where they wrote to be continued, dot, dot, dot. Sorry. <laughs> and that was enough for me. We're like, all right, you're forgiven forever. Yep. Um, but the, this cliffhanging ending wasn't as... It was the it was the it was the most mild one of all that they've done. Right. But they still left us on one. And and there was a lot of like uh subtle underlying questions. Yes. Yep. I mean, think about Adeline for a second. What she's done to me emotionally this character this season that her character has whereas I have felt bad for her. I yes. want her to be happy. I want her to be with Nick. You know, I I want her just to be able to raise her kids and be happy and and everything else. And yet, when we met her, the first thing she did was try to kill Nick's mother, <laughs> and take his powers, and you know, ruin his relationship with Juliet, and on and on and on. And she's just been a horrible, horrible person from the beginning. And then all of a sudden, this season, like they've managed to get you behind her and root for her, right? At least in my case, and have done just the opposite with Sean Renard, who. Yes. You know, has always been there to have Nick's back, always kind of been protecting him from the shadows, and now yeah. you want to kill the guy. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, I'm a power-hungry zealot. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'll run with that. But yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. This fits um, me. Boy, Diana, uh, again, is just, I don't know what they're going to do with that character, but she is just... Awful? Yeah. She's an awful, awful child, and is very emotional, and flies off the handle at things. So she's a child. She, yeah, with these powers where she literally murders people, or makes them do things against their will. Yeah, or, like all the time too. Yeah, and fortunately, she kind of redeemed herself a little bit in the end there. You know, by helping out rather than trying to make her mommy and daddy kiss and make out. Yeah, but still, yeah, you've got this what eight-year-old kid? Would you assume? Because time passes differently for her, obviously, because it hasn't been eight right. years since the show's been on. Right. So you got right. like an eight or nine-year-old kid with yeah. the Twilight Twilight Zone powers, and what the heck? Yeah, and like you know, making anyone that's mean to her mommy like suffer. Right. You know. But, like, she doesn't seem to have any problems with Nick when Adeline's like, you need to go tell Kelly's daddy that this is what's happening. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I got it. Yeah. You know, and then she does. And, you know, so, all right, the stick. Heal Juliet. Okay. Kind of. Now, well, healed Eve. Do you think it took all the programming out of her brain? Yep. And I think but that's I, one of the underlying things that we're going to have to yeah. deal with. And, and that's really annoying. Yeah. But it's almost like she knows the program is being removed. She remembers everything that happened, but she's not saying anything about it. Yeah. I I was almost starting to like Eve because yeah. I had really grown to dislike Juliet so much. Yep. Yeah, and, and I, I was, was starting, starting to, to like Eve, too. Yeah, I was starting to be okay with her. And then I saw this, and I'm like, nope. Nope, yep. don't do it. Oh, the second Nick looked at her and said Juliet, I was just like, "Oh, come on!" Yeah, like, I was, I was just that. I wanted her character to die so bad again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It bugged me, and I'll yeah. still watch the show, but it oh, really didn't too. do anything for me to make me, you know, excited to. Yeah, 
I, I don't know. The the but, big. I mean, go ahead. The big super bad guy got taken out, which was oh, he's nice. dead. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, he's definitely dead. It, it was nice to see him be so super powerful, and everybody was like, "Oh my god, he's a full on, you know, whatever they called him, Schlauger yeah. Beast or whatever." Yeah. Oh my god, he's so powerful, he's so powerful. Oh, he's dead. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We're done. Sean ran him through because uh, reasons. Diana made him. <laughs> yeah. Because the, he hurt his her mom. Yeah, I think that they need to take all of Diana's Barbie dolls away from her because. Yeah. That's how she's doing most of this stuff. Really? And this is the, what I... And then, of course, this, this show ends, the finale, the season finale ends with Nick and Renard together standing there. Yep. And Black Claw's been destroyed. Renard has no backing now, but he's still the mayor. So is it a scenario of where he goes, okay, 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 okay. You got me. Or does Nick kill him? Does he let him go? No. And then, really, the only thing I can think of that they can do to get Diana off the show or make it so that she's not a constant burden on the show that you hate so much because is is to have Adeline take her and go away. Right. Or do Which another then, weird aging thing where suddenly now she's 18 yeah. or 19. And isn't such a crazy, emotional, off-the-wall person. I don't know. But that's all I can see is now they're going to take... Adeline's going to take her and Kelly... And go away, and then Nick is somehow going to end up back with Juliet. Boo! Boo! I'm going to have to tack all my emotional happiness now into the fact that you know Rosalie is so blatantly, obviously pregnant. <laughs> yeah, she finally revealed it in the last couple seconds, and we all just went, yeah. "Come on, it's about yeah. time!" And he was so and, and, and uh, he was so excited too. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was. He was very happy. I liked them as a couple on the show as well. Yeah, they yeah, boy, they sure do put themselves out there for Nick and his beck and call and everything that he needs. Right? You know. <laughs> and what does he do in return for them? Like he shows up at big events and then has to leave because the world's ending again. Yeah. That's he kind brings, of a one-sided friendship. He brings a very large burden onto their life. <laughs> yeah, he really does. Um, but that was, I mean, did you remember he had the stick in his pocket? When he got shot in the chest and went down, did you remember that he had the stick and it was going to heal him? Oh, I sure did. Yeah, as did I. And as soon as that guy turned around and got on his radio, like everything, I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, Nick's going to slowly rise up behind him. And he did. I still popped for it. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, but don't just hit him from behind. Let the guy turn around to have that, you know, have that shocking look on his face. Oh, there it is. And yep. he's dead. <laughs> Nick just killed everyone in this room single-handedly. <laughs> Bravo, sir. Oh, <laughs> uh, heck. Yeah. So. Have you been uh, watching Houdini and Doyle at all yet? I have not. Okay. I have not. Still a very good show. Uh, each yep. episode is pretty self-contained, although they've started introducing some elements that kind of um, transcend, you know, like they might bleed into other episodes, backstories on characters and such. But yep. I'm really enjoying it because it really is a, you know, is it supernatural? Is it chicanery? Yep. Um, and the actors do a really good job of their characters. It's interesting, too. Uh, I was talking to somebody recently. Like, when they meet people, they'll meet a new person, a new character, whatever, and there's always one of them that that person recognizes and loves. So somebody might be like, oh my god, Harry Houdini, I love you! And then they yeah. don't recognize Doyle. Or they're like, oh my god, Arthur Conan Doyle, I love your books. And he's like, I'm Harry Houdini. They're like, who? 
yeah, so it's kind of fun that way too. But I, I still recommend it. You should check it out. I will eventually. I mean, it's on Hulu. It's going to be on Hulu. Um, they've already aired, I think, every episode this season over in, over in the UK already. Um, because it's uh, on the BBC over there. It's it's a weird show where it's not a British show. It's an American British show. They've they've teamed up together, but yet it's still airing over there first. Gotcha. And the BBC is yeah. awesome. So the BBC is awesome, actually. So I'm going to talk about some trailers, some new shows, yes. a bunch of stuff I ran into. Yes. Um, I do want to say that uh, I mean we're running out of shows. Uh, we've got. Um, Hold on, I got a list here somewhere. There it is. Uh, essentially, as of the recording of this episode, when we were recorded, the only shows we have left to watch with finales are Gotham, Flash, Supernatural, Arrow, and then for me, Law and Order SVU, and then the and Blind Spot, which I'm four episodes behind on that show because it's so good that I've not taken the time to watch it at all recently. Awesome. Yeah. So we're, we're running out of shows, but fear not, because well, Hell on Wheels comes back June 11th, so I'll be talking about that. Have fun with that. I love that show. It's a great show. And then I've recently discovered a bunch of other documentaries and stuff like that, so i got plenty of material, folks. Fear not for the coming episodes. Excellent. Uh, did you watch the... Uh, the Screen Junkies Deadpool Honest Trailer Deadpool Honest Trailer with Ryan Reynolds? Of course I did. That was awesome. It was awesome. It well, goes right into how they've been marketing Deadpool since the beginning. Yep. Him breaking the fourth wall and breaking into his own honest trailer. Yep. To advertise to, to to pimp his the the movie coming out on Blu ray and D V D and Yeah. And then he made the com everyone's just gonna legally die around it anyways. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know those coffee, those uh, those coasters. No one buys anymore because everyone just pirates stuff the internet anyways. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty fantastic. It was pretty fantastic. I liked it. Yeah. Um. So trailers. Uh. Have you seen a trailer for a movie called The uh, Free State of Jones? Uh. No, I have not. All right. So I'm a I'm a Civil War buff. I don't claim to know everything about the Civil oh, War. Oh yes. But Yes. But when I was a kid, I used to really like it a lot and everything. And this is an aspect that I've never heard of before. And if I have, I don't recall it. But uh, Matthew McConaughey plays uh, Newton Knight, a soldier in the Confederate Civil War who becomes a deserter and then leads a group of farmers and former slaves in an armed rebellion against the Confederacy in Jones County, Mississippi. Yeah, I have seen that now that you've mentioned it. Yeah, so it's based on a true story. It actually looks really good. And um, I guess in in real life, Newton Knight actually took a, a black bride huh. after that, which was, you know, down in the south like that, and especially he was a former slaver and everything. Just unheard That's, of. Yeah, exactly. So that was that looks pretty good. Comes out June 24th nationwide in, uh, in theaters. Uh, another little western flick, I guess, called The Duel with Woody Harrelson and Liam Hemsworth. Have you seen this trailer? I think I mentioned that one to you a couple of podcasts back. Okay, maybe. I don't recall. And I told you uh, it was right up your alley because it was Western, it was a duel, and it had Woody Harrelson in it. Okay, that sounds a little bit more familiar now. But it takes place in the 1880s. Hemsworth is a Texas Ranger sent to Helena, Texas to investigate a series of murders and disappearances where the suspect is the town preacher played by Woody Harrelson, who has that tight, you know, 
bad guy preacher grip on the town. I was wondering where you were going with that, because you kind of said tight and then faded off there. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't think of the word I wanted to use. Um, I that thought also you were going to say out. body, but, you know. <laughs> um, that also comes out June 24th on Video On Demand. And um, it's also my birthday, so I mean, maybe I'll go watch a movie. There you go. Uh, the Cell. Have you seen the trailer for Cell with John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson? Yes. Okay. Were you going to talk Did, about uh, it? No, go redhead. Oh, okay. So this is an adaptation of Stephen King's novel about cell phones that emit a signal, sig- signal causing the user to be turned into a mindless uh, zombie-like animal. Fun times. The phone was good. I mean, the phone, the book was good. But essentially, I mean, the, just don't talk on your cell phone and you're okay. <laughs> the end. Turn the phone yeah. off, you're done. You Movie's over. Oh, that person <laughs> talked on their phone and that person, that person, that person. Now they're a crazed, rage virus type killer. Okay. Right, I'll just get to throw my phone away. Yeah. <laughs> the I'll end. Stick to, I'll stick to landlines. <laughs> <laughs> um... So I watched this trailer for a flick called The Night Watchman. Have you seen that one? Sounds familiar, but it's not coming to my face right now. It is an indie horror... I'm not going to say low budget, but it's definitely a small budget indie horror flick about vampires taking over an office building and the only people that can stop them is this ragtag group of dysfunctional night watchmen. Um, It's a comedy horror. Tiffany Sheppis is in it. I'm a huge Tiffany Sheppis fan. She's like my B movie scream queen favorite person uh, actress and uh, it looks really good check out the trailer uh, it's hard to kind of really describe it but if you watch the trailer you can definitely get a better feel on it and it's it's full of people of you going, oh I know who that is I know who that is so gotcha. worth watching worth watching yeah you got any uh, you got any trailers sir uh, most of the trailers that I watched were trailers for the uh, upcoming season of TV shows yeah, me as as me as well. That's why I stopped talking about the movie side of trailers. Yeah, uh, the only movie trailer that I saw was the second trailer that I had forgotten to mention before for a dumb comedy looking movie called Popstar. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it's going to be horribly stupid, but amusing if watched on like Netflix or something. Yeah, yeah. That's all I'm going to say about that. It doesn't deserve anything more than that. <laughs> And that's all I'm going to say about that. That's right. Um, did you watch the Star Trek trailer? Yes. Yes, I did. And it's I, definitely just a teaser with nothing but still. It it had more than the last one, but I see where a lot of people have their issues because Star Trek traditionally, you know, there was some fist fights and some action, but traditionally Star Trek was a diplomatic show. Yeah. You know, it was about exploring strange new worlds and civilizations, seeking out new life. And these movies are much more about the over the top action sequences and death defying thrills and clinging to the edge of the starship moments. And so I could see where a lot of people who were fans of the original series are a little bit miffed that this is the direction it's going. I was, in fact, talking about the new TV show coming to CBS. This uh, I thought you were talking about the second trailer but for that the works movie. Too. I, I, that works, too, though. I'm glad to hear your thoughts on that, because I had watched that trailer, and I, yeah, I'm, I'm right with you on that one. But yes, if you want to switch over to the TV, yes, I did see that Star Trek one, and you're right, there's literally nothing there. There's just but, new worlds, new aliens, new ships. Yeah, I did some research into it. Okay. And this is what I could find out about it. 
the first episode is going to air on CBS, regular Channel 13 for us. But then every after that, every episode after that, they're all going to air on the CBS All Access streaming service. So it's a scenario where CBS is trying to get you to go to their streaming service if you want to watch the new Star Trek show. Dirty uh, boys. Yep. Uh, not much more is known other than it's not related to the Star Trek Beyond film. It's going to feature all new characters. Uh, it begins filming this fall in Toronto. And uh, Gene Roddenberry's son, Rod, is the going to be the executive producer of it. <laughs> Rod Roddenberry. I know. <laughs> That's great. Um, but, yeah, so I'm, I, they haven't even like let us know where it's going to fall timeline continuity-wise. I would assume probably around the time of the original series, but who knows? They could go anywhere yeah. with it. I mean, this could be the... You know, I mean, they weren't the only ship out there. Right. You know, you know, on the five-year mission. It could be another ship. Um, I definitely... I don't see it happening anytime before the first... Uh, the the original series. Like, I it's not going to... Yeah, you have... Timeline-wise, it goes like Enterprise, the original series, the next generation... And then, like, Deep Space Nine and the next generation, kind of, they're in the same little area. And then it was Voyager. Yeah, Voyager. Past. I never watched Voyager. It was the oh, only it was one great. I it was yeah. great. I liked it a lot. Um, but anyway, so I'm, I'm wondering if it's going to take place after Voyager. Or if it's going to be that time between the original series and Next Generation. I guess we'll those have are, to see. Those are really the only two time frames it could happen, I think. Right. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you, did you watch the trailer for Lethal Weapon, the new Fox series? I saw the write-up on it, and I did not watch the trailer because I was shaking my head too much. Yeah. Um, like, Damon Wayans is playing Murtaugh. Oh. Some guy named Clayne... Crawford is playing Riggs. Oh. Crawford seems to have a bit... He's been a, either a big character or a secondary character in a lot of movies and TV shows, but this kind of looks like his first big starring role. I did watch the trailer. Um, I don't I don't know how I feel about it, because they did that thing where they basically kind of like they redid the first movie. Almost. Yes, they- they you pulled know? a rush hour, which already yes. got canceled. Which already got canceled, so that obviously worked out well enough for them. <laughs> um, but yeah, they I, I don't know how I feel about it. I, I probably will watch it, because the trailer actually did look kind of good. Um, unlike MacGyver. Oh, see, I liked the MacGyver trailer. I don't like this kid at all. I don't oh. know if his voice, his hair, how he's acting. I, I don't know. It... I looked beyond how he looked, because you're right, he looks a little weird. He almost looks, like, too smug in his face. But it felt like they want to... How do I say this? It's not that they want to make it just like the original, but they want to have that kind of cheesiness. Like, in the one scene where he's firing the makeshift bow and makeshift arrow to make the truck explode, it felt like they really want to get back to that instead of having the new MacGyver be somebody who, like, carries around acetylene torches and, you know, acids and stuff like that, circuit boards, too. I know, but see, okay, the original MacGyver, everything he made, he had a reason for making it. Yep. He wasn't... 
the original MacGyver, like, I, I don't know, maybe I don't remember the series as 100% like I thought I did. I don't know. But, like, I feel like the original MacGyver was just a regular guy who got caught up in all these weird incidences, and he worked for this company, but, you know, he wasn't, you know, this almost feels like this is like the CIA MacGyver, FBI MacGyver, you know what I mean? Like, based on the trailer we saw, he's on, like, a private plane, he's going to fix the parent ashtray, because they have those on planes still, with gum at the end, I don't know. Um this is from the Wikipedia, just so you know, from the original yeah. series. It says the show follows secret agent Angus MacGyver, played by Richard Dean Anderson, who works as a troubleshooter for the fictional Phoenix Foundation in Los Angeles and right. as an agent for a fictional United States government agency, the Department of External Services. Okay. So he definitely was not just a regular guy. All right. I don't know. It just felt like when he was in a scenario and he made these weapons or whatever, it felt like... Um, natural and I don't know I watched the trailer and it felt forced to me I don't know gotcha. I don't know I'm definitely going to be checking it out I'm excited I'll for probably it. watch the first episode but at least but I just I wasn't I wasn't sold on the trailer I kind of feel about that like you feel about Lethal Weapon that's funny <laughs> Lethal Weapon and what was it The Exorcist that they're oh, redoing I didn't watch the trailer for that but yes I saw that I made a note of that and then Riverdale yes a CWE Archie-based show that's going to be a drama mystery. Yeah, yeah, a bit dark and twisted. Yeah, yeah. And then um, Limitless has been officially canceled. Boo! That sucks. But it's still, everybody should go out and watch it. Yes, because I will say this. It ended, it wrapped up nicely. It left us on a good note. I, I remember saying this to my wife, like, well, I would love to see them come back for a second season, but if they didn't, I wouldn't feel cheated or left out to dry or left hanging, if you will. Right. Yes, they they put it down on a good note that yeah. left it open, but not too open. Yeah. And then uh, the only other show I'm going to talk about, kind of, is a show on NBC. It's going to be called Timeless. Have you seen this? Yes, by Eric Kripke. Yeah, yeah. I like Eric Kripke. And... Uh, you know, it's about a bad guy who steals a time machine, goes back in time to change history and destroy the country, the yep. United States. And a team involving a history professor, a soldier, and a scientist go back in time. All so. ridiculously good-looking people, by the way. Yes, Because, you know, that's very, who very, history professors and scientists really are. They are very handsome people, yes. <laughs> and i got to say this, like, I was really excited, and I'll still watch and I'm still excited, but when they introduced the aspect of him, you know, the bad guy shows her at the end of the trailer a notebook that's all in her handwriting, and she's like, I didn't write this, and he goes, no, not yet. You have no idea not how yet. important you are. Dun, dun, dun. And I just groaned. I was like, they're going to make this overly convoluted, and it's already time travel, so it's, yeah. it's going to get canceled early because people don't want to deal with that kind of stuff. You know, it was a great NBC show that involved sort of time travel that they canceled because of the dumb writer strike and made me very angry. Heroes? Journeyman. Journeyman. Oh, yep. That was a very good show. It sure was. Yeah. And Heroes is done. They're not coming back again. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Put them to rest. Yep. Oh, well. Yep. I, uh, I had seen a couple other previews that looked interesting to me. Um, yeah, what you got? I don't know if you watched the one for The Good Place. Kristen no. Bell is dead. 
Uh, she goes to the good place, you know, as in heaven, but they only call it the good place and the bad place. And she's yeah. there because she did so much good in her life and she helped all these people. But it turns out it was a clerical error and they mixed up her name with someone else and she was actually a giant jerk in real life. So what kind uh, of hilarity will ensue while she tries to make sure nobody realizes she belongs in the bad place? Is that a Showtime original series? Uh, no, that's going to be on NBC, I believe. Oh. And Ted Danson plays... Probably not God, but one of the higher ups who's teaching yep. her about it. Yep. So it looks interesting. It looks kind of funny. Uh, I predict it'll last for a little while at least. Yeah. Uh, did you hear that they're making a show based on Taken, the movies? Um, no, I did not. Yeah, it's going to take place uh, back when he was just out of the CIA, I believe. Liam Neeson's character, so it won't be Liam Neeson, it'll be a younger guy, but back just after he got his particular set of skills and <laughs> is doing different missions for them and earning his reputation, I guess. Yep. So at least in that respect, it seems kind of plausible. So it'll be taking place much earlier than the movies, obviously. Okay. Uh, right. Son of Zorn, tell me you watched this preview. No I, I, no, no, I did not. Okay, Son of Zorn is a new one coming on Fox. It's going to be on their uh, Sunday nights with like Family Guy and all those. Jason Sudeikis, who's awesome, uh, he plays Zorn, and Zorn is a barbarian conqueror. So he's yeah. an animated character in a real world. His ex-wife is Cheryl Hines, and they have a son together who are both real living people, but he is animated. And it looks pretty hilarious, actually. Because yeah. he's used to doing things in, you know, a barbarian world, kind of like a He-Man kind of thing or a Thundar kind of thing. Uh, but now he's adapting to real life so that he can get to know his son better and have a relationship oh. with him. So I think that one's going to be fun. Um, Interesting. Yep. Yeah, uh, there's another one with Adam Pauly and Leighton Meester. It's called Making History. I don't know if you saw that one, but basically nope. Adam Pauly plays a guy who has a duffel bag that if he climbs into it, it takes him back to 1775, colonial times. What? Where he gets to have a girlfriend that is Leighton Meester, who turns out to be uh, Paul Revere's daughter, and because he got fooling around with her, Paul Revere went out looking for him and never did his famous ride, so the American Revolution never happened. So now he enlists the help of his uh, history professor friend to go back and figure out how they can actually start the Revolutionary War. It seems pretty funny, um, topical, you know, just history for that one particular period. But one of yeah. the ongoing jokes throughout it is that anytime they're in trouble, they just hold out a piece of raw ham and people leave them alone. Because apparently, as he says, back then, ham is like diamond-encrusted heroin to people. <laughs> so, so anytime like British redcoats come after him, they're like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Ham," and they're like, "Oh, carry on then." Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I recommend checking that one out. It looks funny. All right, that does seem kind of funny and odd. And he climbs only... in a duffel bag and he comes out. It's just gonna sound so odd when I say this. Where have I seen something like that before? It's um, it's by the guys who did the Lego Movie and another one, Phil Miller and somebody else. And they've got two shows going on this season. That's one of them, and I think the other one was Son of Zorn, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, huh. The only other two that I was really interested in didn't have previews, but I read write-ups on them. One's called Emerald City, 
and it's a new modern take on the Wizard of Oz kind of thing except it's a girl and her canine police dog that end up in a dark twisted version of Oz uh, where there's demons and hell beasts and stuff like that and Vincent Hmm. D'Onofrio will be playing the wizard so immediately right there I will check it out because Vincent D'Onofrio is awesome yeah yeah he is and the last one, which actually made me, like, jump out of my seat with excitement, is they're doing a TV version of one of my favorite movies, which is Frequency. The one with... Really? I yeah. love that movie. Right? Yes. Okay. So oh, the ending of that movie was so good. Yes. Okay. It was done so well. So the premise Sorry, in this I one... very excited. <laughs> I know. I did, too. So the premise in this one is very similar, except this time it's a female main character, but all the rest are the same. You know, there's Satch, her her father's old partner, who's kind of her mentor, older guy mentor. Yeah. Her best friend, uh, Gordo. She, her father died when he went really, really deep undercover on a drug operation back in, like, 1996. And then one night on the ham radio, she's able to talk to him and she warns him about it. And so, just like in the movie, time changes around her. Yeah. And I could see them doing some really awesome things with a weekly series about that. Is are they still going to have the Aurora Borealis aspect of it, where that's what makes them be able to transmit? Because that would be a little stretch. I don't know that they are. They didn't mention anything about that. Uh, I would hope that they would take that out. You know, because yeah, what are you going to do? Say, oh, it lasted for three weeks, but now it's lasting even longer, so that we can keep the show going. Yeah. I I think that they would do some other kind of supernatural thing, but man, I read that and I got really excited because I love that movie so much. They did such a good job with time travel. Legends of Tomorrow could take a lesson from Frequency, yeah. And watching time change around you and how some people have the memories and some don't, yeah. So that's that's be pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Other than that, I like that. Did you uh, watch any movies? I started watching a movie. Okay. I started watching this movie called Axeman. And the reason why is because uh, Tiffany Shepis is listed as being the star of the flip. <laughs> and, in fact, she gets top billing in the opening credits. Like, they do the movie name, and when they start announcing the cast, she's the first name that comes up. She hmm. her, her, her name is on the cover box, okay? I- I'm sensing a butt coming. And she is murdered in the first ten minutes. <laughs> oh no! And, and she's not a ghost that comes back later. Like that is it. She's in the movie. Around nine minutes and forty-eight seconds into it, she is bludgeoned to death by an axe-wielding maniac. And then we cut to some time in the future, where a bunch of kids go to the cabin, and it is literally uh, a group of, of I say kids, but they're in their mid twenties. And you have, on the cast, at least they're supposed to be in their mid-twenties, you have the stereotypical group of the slutty girl, the fat guy no one likes, the token black guy, complete with 1980s boombox on his shoulder at one point. You have the (laughs) jockey douche. You have the Boy Scout goody two-shoe guys. And then you have the random fodder they're going to get murdered first. And then, of course, I'm sure there's a bunch of sex in it and everything like that. Right. And, um... Oh, and then the fat guy is named Randy, and he was acting just like Randall from Clerks. So I don't know if there's an homage there 
whatever it was, but like I instantly thought like that seems like a Randall speech. He even sounded like Randall. <laughs> and then I found out his name was Randy and I'm like, Oh, that's that's interesting. Uh-huh. Right, I, that's, I didn't end up watching the entire flick. I got about midway through and I was like there's got to be something else on. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I changed the channel, if you will. So nice. I was Excellent. watching it on a channel called uh, Tubifu on my Roku. So, yeah. I wouldn't take that channel seriously at all. Uh, I know. I mean, I just, it was a channel I downloaded just to watch that flick. There was no commercials, at least. So that was nice. and it, It's a free channel, I guess. So. Gotcha. But, yeah. That's about it for me on there. That's the only movie I managed to get in this week. Did you watch any movies? Uh, just one. I What's actually the... ventured forth to the theater and watched The Nice Guys. Oh, is that the... Is that the no, that's not the one with The Rock. It's the one with Russell Crowe. And, uh, and, yeah, yeah, that looks yeah. really good. So, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. It's funny. I went with somebody who was excited to see it, and yep. I... Ended up in, I was like, eh, it looks okay. I ended up enjoying it more than she did, and she was the one oh, that was wow. excited to see it, so that was kind of funny. But funny. it's really good. Like, the commercials don't really do it justice. It kind of jumps right into the middle of things. It doesn't start with, like, backstory or, you know, character introductions. It just basically throws you right into it. And, yeah. uh, and it's very 70s. You know, they make sure that you know that it's the 70s. People smoke everywhere. You know, there's little kids playing out in the streets. Yeah. Um, there, there's not a lot <laughs> that would be PC these days. Right. Uh, I enjoyed the heck out of it. It was funny. It was. It, it had good action. It had good nice. dialogue. Uh, there was better. actually a nice mystery underneath all of it. You know what was going on. Um, it had Matt Bomer playing yep. a uh, tough guy, which was that, interesting. That's odd. Yep. Uh, but yeah, the character development was really well done, uh, and I just. I came out of there with a big smile on my face. Like I would actually go watch it again. It was that enjoyable. Oh wow, really? Yeah. Uh, like I wouldn't go out of my way, not like with Deadpool where I saw it six times, but if somebody was like, "Hey, I'm going to go see this. Do you want to go?" I'd be like, "Yeah, you know what? I enjoyed it. I'll watch it again." It was an well, old-fashioned cool. murder mystery and Man, and I like that. I'll yeah. Check it out. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. I think everybody'll enjoy it. Check it out. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. Excellent. Because I had already kind of wanted to see it anyways because I thought the trailer looked good. And I do like Russell Crowe even when, you know, uh, he, he you He's know a douche. I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, just like he is so hit or miss in movies sometimes. Yes. And now, I got to tell you, he was he put on a lot of weight. And he looked like a bit of a douche in this. And he kind of was. But he made it work. He wasn't an obnoxious one. He was a really good douche. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, depending on what he's in, like, what's the one? He plays the uh, the crazy guy who he sees. Dangerous uh, beautiful mind. mind. Beautiful Mind, yeah. I mean, like, when I first saw him in Gladiator, I thought, oh, this is our new action star. Yep. Because he was such a badass and gladiator, and he was so good at it and everything. And then after that, he did not go the way of the action movie at all. No, um, he did not. Nope. No. And he's been in some pretty odd stuff since then. Um, geez, he was in, uh, obviously, Beautiful Mind. He was in some other 
Wasn't he in like the boat movie that Irvin likes? Master and Commander. <laughs> I, I knew you'd get the title based on that stupid. <laughs> you know, and he was in. Um, he played uh, Jean Valjean, and no, that was uh, Hugh Jackman. He was in that movie though. He played the cop, and um, but yeah, so he's been in a bunch of different stuff. But this character, I, when I saw it, I was like, I could really get behind this. I really think this is going to be good. Yep, I give it a two thumbs up. Go yep. see it. Check it out. It was great. It's trending really well in Rotten Tomatoes too. Yeah, sweet. I, considering I hated Iron Man three, and that was Shane Black as well. Uh, I think being given his own property and being allowed to do this stuff, Shane really did a good job. Well, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, that you know, to me, we're gonna end on a happy note. That's that feels like a podcast. Yeah, I think so as well. Feels like a really long podcast, folks. <laughs> We apologize for that, but there was an awful lot to talk about. Last time, I think we came in just over the one-hour mark, so... Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the next episode's going to be maybe less than an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything's kind of ending up and... Yeah, wrapping things up and whatnot, so... Well, cool. it might go right. over an hour if they do well on Flash, but we'll have to see about that. I already watched it. I'm not, I don't have my notes. I don't have much notes on that. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm actually looking right at him, and not a lot of notes. <laughs> well, on that oh, note, I, then. Yeah, so we'll just leave it at that. But anyways, uh, so, hey, thanks for listening. Uh, please feel free to leave us a comment, question, whatever you'd like to do on our Twitter handles. I'm uh, at SuperstarML. And I'm at the Quantum Geek. that's G33K. And the show is, of course, at What Did You Watch? And, hey, thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. 